Martin program. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Healthcare workers would rather get fired than get vaccinated. We're going to hear from them here today on Viewpoint. According to the New York Times, Monday was the vaccination deadline for New York State health workers, and thousands of refusers have failed to meet it. Deborah Conrad, a physician assistant at Western New York, and Simone Leslie, a hospital switchboard operator in Queens, had both worked long, risky hours during the pandemic. But now both are prepared to lose their jobs rather than meet the state's deadline. In fact, they've already lost their jobs. In defying the order, they have resisted a step that public health experts say is critical to save lives and end the pandemic. While they each cite differing reasons for the decisions, Ms. Leslie said her employer rejected her request for a medical exemption. Ms. Conrad referenced vaccine side effects she claimed to have seen, but that veer from the scientific consensus. And so, New York does away with them. Experts have called the mandate a clear-cut way for health care workers to prevent new waves of the virus from spreading and to persuade doubters to get vaccinated. Healthcare systems, according to the New York Times, say the plan is crucial to keep patients and staff safe. But is that correct? Is that actually true? A minority working within the healthcare system are themselves skeptics, and some, like Ms. Conrad, have imperiled the plan, even fighting the mandate in court. And we're going to hear from her today on Viewpoint. So I welcome you aboard. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms, I trust today, will be no exception. Ms. Conrad, a physician's assistant, said we're all traumatized, vaccinated and unvaccinated. She worked for United Memorial, a hospital in Batavia in New York, a small city midway between Rochester and Buffalo. She was very respected by colleagues there. She said it's very hard that the very same people who elevated me to this level now look at me as a dangerous person. The dispute is dividing hospitals where most workers are vaccinated and want their colleagues to be. You know why that is? Because misery loves company, friends. If I have to get vaccinated, then you better get vaccinated. That's the thinking. The nurses' union supports the mandate. Some 95% of members are already vaccinated, and even some members complain its rollout was too rushed. But unions representing support workers, including nurses, aides, orderlies, cafeteria workers, and others, have opposed it. If many of those workers leave or are fired, their duties could fall to already taxed nurses. And guess who will suffer? Oh, it will be the patients who are going to lose their patients with a medical association, medical systems, the hospitals, and yes, even the government. The disagreement is also testing government's power to mandate compliance <clears throat> with public health measures. New York's mandate and the state's refusal to allow religious exemptions were the subject of at least two lawsuits, including one by Ms. Conrad and five other plaintiffs. Still, staff members choosing to exit their jobs because of the mandate could also create immediate practical challenges. 
Many nurses and other healthcare workers are burned out or traumatized from the pandemic strain. Others have been lured by high salaries to become travel nurses, crisscrossing the country at $5,000 a week. But today on Viewpoint, we're going to hear a different story than the New York Times. In fact, COVID vaccine whistleblower Deborah Conrad has outed the Rochester Regional Health System for suppressing adverse event reporting. An attorney letter said 90% of admissions vaccinated. She was to support the hospital's approach to the vaccine, but she refuses. Today, we hear from her. But before we do, we want to take a look at a broader picture. As I've said before so many times, I really wish we could get off the vaccine and COVID issue. But the problem is that it has such vast implications for us, not just for health, but for spiritual health and for political and governmental health. Because this is being used, perhaps unwittingly to many of the nurses and hospital people, being used to drive a global agenda. To bring absolute unmitigated control over your body, over your health, over your future, and your ability even to freely choose to a government authority. And not just any government authority, but ultimately to a universal government authority called a Great Reset or a New World Order or a global order or global government. That's where this is heading. That's why this is so critically important to the Biden administration. This is the reason why. Companies that are globalists are actually facilitating this effort because they themselves are pushing for a new global world order. Just ask Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. Just ask the founder of Twitter. Just ask these folk. Oh, they are consummate globalist friends. And that's why they're supporting this agenda. And that's, by the way, why they wanted to destroy Donald Trump and still want to destroy him. Because he said his goal was to make America great again. He would be president of the United States, not president of the world. And they didn't like that. They said, away with this man. And there we are. What would you make of the fact that Team Biden knowingly now has released 16,000 COVID-positive migrants through the United States? 16,000, even though they tested positive for COVID-19. What do you make of that? Do you think that that indicates any degree of seriousness on the part of Mr. Biden or anyone within his administration as to the seriousness of COVID? I don't think so. Actually, it proves that they're not serious about it. But what they're really trying to do is bring about a radical change of American government and seduce the country into submission, not only through COVID and vaccines, but also through welcoming 
massive numbers of immigrants, even if they are COVID positive, in order to dilute the voting power of Republicans or conservatives so that the Democratic Party can accomplish its intended goal to launch the one world order. That's what it's about. That is what it's about when you get down to the bottom line of it. It's not about health. It's about wealth and power. About wealth and power. Everywhere you turn, follow the money and follow the power. When we get back from this break, we're going to take a look at two or three more of the updates from around the world concerning this. And then we're going to hear from physician assistant Deborah Conrad. You don't want to miss it, friends. A healthcare professional revealing a shocking discovery after she convinced her hospital to track the vaccination status of every patient admitted. We'll be back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. The CDC, Centers for Disease Control, developed a document back in 2019, 2020. In fact, it was updated July 26, 2020. Here's the title of it. Interim Operational Considerations for Immunization, the Shielding Approach to Prevent COVID Humanitarian Settings. Interesting. A lot of words, but what do they mean? A lot of words. Well, it's called the shielding approach that aims to reduce the number of severe COVID-19 cases by limiting higher-risk people of developing severe disease and the general population to be temporarily relocated to safe or supposedly green zones established by the CDC, which is government. What is this all about? Well, when it was brought to light to the American people, the organization called factcheck.org did their little work on it. I found it fascinating. They began by saying, CDC document discusses strategy to protect displaced people from COVID-19. A Centers for Disease Control and Prevention document reviews the challenges of using a shielding approach to protect high-risk people in living in spaces such as refugee camps from COVID-19. But commentator Candace Owens supposedly misinterpreted it to mean the agency was proposing putting high-risk Americans into camps, falsely likening it to 1930s Germany. So then factcheck.org goes to great lengths to try to change the language to make it seem like the CDC did not have in mind putting people in camps. The problem is, that's exactly what they had in mind. Factcheck said there are no CDC virus camps. 
nor did the agency ever propose such a thing. Oh, but they did. And I have the paper in my hands. I have the paper right in my hands. That's exactly what they proposed. Did they implement it yet? No. Did they propose it? Yes. Were they preparing for it? Yes. Will they implement it? I don't know. But that's what they had in mind. The CDC raises the concern that more people than expected in displacement camps, displacement camps, might be considered higher risk. Complicating the execution of the approach that camps might need to continue the strategy for a prolonged time and that shielding might have negative psychological impacts that could worsen mental health among others. And it goes on and on and on. They give it a nice title, shield camps. The shielding approach. Using nice words to try to hide the intention. This is the problem with our 1984 woke vocabulary system. It is deceiving we the people. It is being used intentionally to deceive we the people. That's why we bring it up here on Viewpoint. But that's not the only reason. We also bring it up because it has massive spiritual and health and political. It, it covers the whole range of our lives. Consider Australia. Australians could now face a $50,000 fine or COVID confinement camp if they don't check in with a phone app. They've gone full Nazi now. You know, the Brave New World in 1984 all in one as it implements this dystopian tracking system that requires people in quarantine to snap a photo of themselves within five minutes of being prodded by a government-required app on their smartphones. Then, if you repeatedly ignore the notifications, you will get a phone call or a knock on the door from your local police. And if you're not there or do not respond to the app check in a timely manner, you could be fined or face imprisonment. And if you consistently fail to comply with the check-in request without a good reason, you may have committed an offense under the Emergency Management Act and can result in fines up to $50,000 and imprisonment. This is a government mandate, friends, calling for massive fines or COVID confinement camps, just as the CDC was proposing. Then, a college, a college is threatening students with arrest for failing to report COVID shot status. Colorado State University officials state that student, students could be arrested for trespassing. Sounds suspiciously like Big Brother, doesn't it? That instills fear in everyone. This is what they're suggesting and requiring. Americans who have not had the experimental COVID-19 vaccinations by the vaccinations by the thousands are losing their jobs. Sometimes they can't get on airlines or enter public buildings or go shopping as they want or attend various public events. But like most aggressive actions against the so-called unvaxxed, 
are being taken by colleges and universities threatening students. One actually threatens students that if they do not get vaxxed, they cannot even attend college or university through the Internet. Anyone who is taking courses through the Internet must also get vaxxed. It's about control, my friends. It is absolutely about universal control. Now, on the other side, we have NBC doing some fact checks on Dr. Fauci. That there were no super spread events from crowded stadiums. Dr. Fauci had warned that crowded college football stadiums would turn into super spreader events. But many weeks later, an NBC reporter on the Today Show pointed out it never happened. All while doctors warned of games becoming potential super spreaders, a frightening prospect at the time with hospitals already on the brink. But even NBC, liberal NBC came out and said, didn't happen. Didn't happen. Another school, a Miami school, is requiring students who get vaccinated against COVID-19 to stay home for 30 days. Now, wait a minute. I want you to think about this for a moment. A Miami school is requiring students who get vaccinated to stay home for 30 days after receiving each dose They say that that's necessary to allow the to protect against the potential transmission of sh- or shedding onto others to decrease the spread of the virus. So then they turn around and say, the school leadership doesn't believe that one who is vaccinated can infect another person with COVID. So then why are they saying that they've got to protect them by keeping them isolated for 30 days? You see, they don't trust their own language. The reality is that the vaccine was never, and it's not even a vaccine, as we pointed out several times over the past months. It is a shot. It's not an immunization shot. It is not calculated or designed to immunize you against COVID. If it were, then Colin Powell would not have died having had a full set of vaccinations or shots. It's not designed to protect you against getting COVID. Neither is it designed to keep the virus from being spread. The only thing it is intended to do, and it does that in a very moderated way, is to reduce, hopefully, the severity of the symptoms if you get the vas- uh, the virus. That's its purpose. Nothing more. So any promises to the contrary are untrue. In fact, they're fraudulent. They're outright deceptive. So when doctors tell their patients, Oh, it's safe, and uh, yeah, we have to get everybody vaccinated in order to prevent the spread of the virus. They're actually ignoring the clear science on the matter. 
from those who actually created the vaccine. This is horrific, friends. Absolutely horrific. A top university scientist now has quit. He's quit because he says scientists now are being excluded from universities and other governmental investigation scenes based on politics alone. He's right. He's right. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carroll, dial toll-free. Well, we will be on with uh, Dr. Conrad in just a few moments. A state attorney general says that doctors can prescribe ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine for COVID, at least in in New Nebraska. He's issued an opinion that physicians can prescribe hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin as treatments for COVID-19 without violating any of the state's laws or regulations. The opinion had been requested by the State Department of Health, and in his opinion, the Attorney General said not only said such prescriptions would be reasonable, but he also pointed out the agenda-driven opposition from the elite in pharmaceutical and medical industries as well as government. Considering the evidence, he said, we do not find that clear and convincing evidence would warrant disciplining physicians who prescribe hydroxychloroquine for the prevention of early treatment of COVID-19 and after first obtaining informed patient consent. Based on the available data, we do not find clear and convincing evidence that a physician who first obtains informed consent and then utilizes ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine for COVID-19 violates the UCA, he report, referring to the state's Uniform Credentialing Act. He said doctors could be subject to discipline should they fail to obtain consent, deceive their parents, prescribe excessively high doses, or fail to check for contraindications. But that would be true for the vaccine, wouldn't it? Except no. With the vaccine, no. Why is that? Because the government has specifically forgiven in advance all of the pharmaceutical companies that are making untold billions of dollars from any liability for these shots. Even when they hide the adverse effects. And that's why when we hear from Dr. Conrad, or she is a physician assistant, many people are going for physician assistance these days, even against the doctors, because the physician's assistants oftentimes are more knowledgeable even than the doctors and are willing to spend more time with the patient. And we're going to hear from her. And I hope you'll stay tuned. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation is always with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms. And uh, I want to make, uh, I want to encourage you today to become a partner with us. There are no commercial supporters for this program, and there's a reason for that. Once you have commercial support, you are limited in what you can say, what you feel that you can say, because you don't want to lose the money. That's why so many threats are made, for instance, against folk on Fox News. 
because if they say something that others don't like, then they go to the commercial supporters, businesses and so on, and they do everything they can to get them to boycott and take away their support from that particular voice on television. We are not in that position. Now, because we're not in that position, therefore we're restricted in many respects on how much money we can bring in to enable us to get the message out. That's why we rely upon you. In fact, God actually relies upon you to partner with us as a voice to reach more and more people to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. And yes, indeed, what we're talking about today is also part of that. Because if you don't realize that a global government is on its way, you don't understand that Antichrist is coming with him. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, a healthcare professional, revealed a shocking discovery after she convinced her hospital to track the vaccination status of every patient admitted. The physician assistant, Deborah Conrad, noted that in a community in which less than 50% of individuals at that time had been vaccinated for COVID-19, Approximately 90% of the individuals admitted to her hospital were documented to have already been vaccinated. She said these patients were admitted for a variety of reasons, including but not limited to COVID-19 infections. Even more troubling is that there were many individuals who were young, many who presented with unusual or unexpected health events, and many who were admitted months after vaccination. Aaron Siri, managing partner of the Siri and Grimstead Law Firm, noted that when Conrad reached out to health authorities, she was ignored. He said, my firm then sent a letter to the CDC and FDA on July 19, 2021, on Ms. Conrad's behalf. Yet neither agency responded. Even worse, when doctors came to Ms. Conrad for assistance with filing various reports for their patients, the hospital prohibited her from filing these reports. In an earlier October 12th report, Siri had noted, that is the attorney, had noted how the FDA and CDC ignored reports of serious injuries from the COVID-19 vaccine as reported by Dr. Patricia Lee, a highly credentialed pro-vaccine ICU physician. After she witnessed uh, uh, several cases of serious harm and death from COVID vaccines, 
Dr. Lee wrote a detailed letter to the CDC and FDA describing the cases. After getting no response from the CDC and FDA, Dr. Lee turned to the Siri and Grimstead firm. Within hours of sending a legal letter, the FDA responded to the doctor saying, sadly, the response was not about public health. It was about public relations. Now, that sets the background for what you are about to hear from physician assistant Deborah Conrad from New York. I have made numerous efforts to try to get a hold of Deborah, and each medical facility that I contacted told me she no longer works here. Here's Ms. Conrad. 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking today with a whistleblower who has exposed COVID-19 vaccine side effects that her hospital was keeping secret. Um, Deborah Conrad is the whistleblower. Very brave woman. Um, very important that she is coming forward. You know, obviously, Deborah, there are more, um, you know, you're not the only one. Your hospital is not the only hospital where people are having these reactions to the vaccine, and yet we don't hear about many whistleblowers doing this. So, you know, um, so people, this is more prevalent, in other words, than uh, not just a thing at your hospital. Well, let's, why don't we um, talk about some of the illnesses, some of the reactions to the vaccine that you have seen that got you really worried. Um, particularly, I would have to say uh, blood clots, strokes, heart attacks, new seizures. Uh, we, we see a lot of infections after vaccination. Uh, people who would get vaccinated and then come into the hospital with pneumonia that was one big one. And I think the reason we took notice of it is because it was spring and summer. And we really don't get our respiratory illnesses in the summer months. Um, we may have a handful of them, but it was, frankly, ridiculous. I mean, we had so many people in the hospital with pneumonia. And the interesting thing was that many, many of them were recently vaccinated. And I said, geez, I wonder if, you know, the vaccine is affecting people's immune system in some way that it's making them susceptible for a period of time after vaccination. Um, we also saw um, some cases of, of appendicitis, pancreatitis, a lot of gastrointestinal complaints. That's another big one is people mm. who just, they're nauseated. Uh, they have no, not really abdominal pain per se, but just they just don't have an appetite anymore. They're getting diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, with no real cause. Um, we, we saw a lot of that. And it's funny, but um, we a lot of the symptoms that I saw after vaccination it, are similar to what people report after being infected with COVID. Um, it's, it's similar mm. types of things. So even after COVID infection, um, you can you can have a complication of a blood clot. You can have a complication of a stroke. You can have a complication of a heart attack. 
And again, we would see the same things, interestingly, following vaccination. Um, and we also had um, our share of COVID-19 infections, especially in our elderly population, because they really mass vaccinated our elderly in nursing homes and rehab centers. So we got admitted a string of patients that, that ended up coming down with COVID between their first and second dose. So that was quite an hmm. interesting thing. And it, again, it was noticeable so much that the providers and the uh, nurses and aides that worked in the nursing home also took notice of that. It was just, it was interesting. It was, it was right between their first and second dose that these patients would become infected with COVID, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah. again, a lot of neurologic complaints too. Um, a lot of people coming in with tremors, uh, unusual tremors that started after the vaccine, or they become very weak. We had a string of patients who, who were found on the floor um, the day after uh, by their family mm-hmm. members. Um, we've had a lot of gastrointestinal bleeds and, and, and like brain bleeds. Um, and then, of course, there is the cancer uh, kind of thing that we're, that we're seeing. And again, none of these things, this is all anecdotal, this is all observational, but it's interesting to me because we had a bunch of patients who were in remission from their cancers and then ended up, you know, after vaccination being told that their cancer had returned. And even even people who've been in remission for 20 years. It's strange. Mm. Um, and then we also had patients who were diagnosed with new cancers. And I understand that people get diagnosed with cancer every day in America. But it, it seemed awful weird, the pattern that we were seeing. Um, it's just so when you, were seeing, when you were seeing some of these things, I mean, surely, like, you must have talked to other, you know, medical um, personnel, uh, staff, um, and, like, to say, you know, to, to say, like, isn't that interesting or strange or something that this is happening or that's happening? What What did they say? What did other people who saw the same thing say about it? Well, I can say uh, most of the providers that I spoke with passed it off as a coincidence. Uh, they just could not even for a moment believe that it had anything to do with the vaccine. And I understand why, because we're taught in training that vaccines are a wonderful thing. They help society. You know, they we never think of them as harmful things. They, we're just not taught that. So it would it would have been very difficult for anybody to admit that there was any direct correlation. Now, interestingly, the nurses had a much different viewpoint, and I think maybe because they spent a lot more time with these patients than providers typically do. You know, they're with them all their shift, where we may see them, you know, for their daily visit, and that's really kind of the, the extent with which we have the involvement. So. They got to know these patients more, got to know their families, got to know the story. So the nurses, I had very little time, you know, very little effort did it take to convince our nursing staff. They saw it right away. So they have been my Hmm. ally through this all because, you know, again, if it wasn't for many of my nursing colleagues, um, I wouldn't have been able to collect as much information as I did because they were Uh just just as concerned as me. But 
uh, a lot of my other um, peers, uh, you know, had a difficult time accepting that there was anything going on. And there's many still at the hospital I work that have absolutely no, um, they don't believe that, that, that there is anything that, I mean, I actually had one tell me vaccines don't harm people. And I'm like, but that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, we, that's like saying, you know, uh, a Tylenol or an aspirin, it, you know, doesn't, doesn't have harmed. I mean, even the most benign thing right. can be harmful to the right individual. We're not all made right. the same. So, but it's, we call it cognitive dissonance. It's just the, yeah. I don't know, they just cannot see it. So what yeah. did these, um, what did the patients think about it? Like, did these nurses or, or you, um, I don't know if you talked to any patients specifically about, like, or if they just said to you um, that they think it has to do with the vaccine. What did the patients think about it? Many of the patients had a thought that it was due to the vaccine. Many of the times I didn't, I didn't even have to bring it up. The patients would bring it up and they'd say, hey, do you think this might have something to do with the COVID vaccine? And I, I would yeah. always tell the patients, you know, I don't know, but I will report your case because the only way we're mm -hmm. going to know is if we do the reporting. Um, right. So many times now there, there, there may have been some patients that I took care of that I asked them, hey, when did you get your COVID vaccine? And they would tell me, oh, a week ago or a day ago or whatever. And I'd say to them, you know, would you mind if I, you know, reported your case to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System? And many of them had no idea what I was talking about, which interests me because when you sign up for your vaccine, you're supposed to have informed consent and you're supposed to know mm. that if you have a problem, this is what you do. And of course, I can tell you probably one of the many patients I've taken care of had any idea what theirs was. All right, we're going to pick up with uh, physician's assistant Deborah Conrad after this break. I hope you'll stay with us. She was called a whistleblower. She's been fired. A highly respected physician's assistant. We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Viewpoint determines destiny, friends, and just because... Somebody is told that they should think a certain way, even a doctor, uh, which are getting their information not from studies, 
Most doctors are not getting their information from studies, but rather they're taking their information directly from the CDC or Dr. Fauci as if what is being said is true. Yet the reality is even the CDC admitted that what they were saying was not true. Just a week or two ago, when they decided they had to redefine the word vaccine to make it fit because what was being provided in the form of the Pfizer and Moderna and J&J shots were not vaccines. Why were they not vaccines? Because a vaccine, by definition, is intended to immunize you from getting the disease, from getting COVID. Also, it is designed to protect the transmission of the disease or virus. And these vaccine, these uh, shots were not intended to do either one of those things, which were the primary definition of a vaccine. So, based upon a congressman's accusation of dishonesty to the CDC, they changed their definition of a vaccine in order to make it seem like the shots were indeed vaccines, which they are not. They are not designed to immunize you or to prevent transmission of COVID. You must understand that. Now we get back to uh, uh, Deborah Conrad, a physician's assistant, highly respected in the uh, Rochester Regional Health System for talking about suppressing adverse event reporting. The hospital was not properly reporting adverse events from the so-called vaccines. And so we're back with Dr. We'll call her physician's assistant, Deborah Conrad. So they, that's a whole other issue, but these patients are not getting informed consent. They have no idea what they're signing up for. Um, but many of the patients were extremely grateful that I even brought it up. They had no idea that it could be related in any way. No idea. Which makes mm-hmm. me think of all the patients that we may have missed in, mm-hmm. this, in this effort. All the patients that didn't get reported who... Um, and it's very unfortunate because they had no idea that it might have had something to do with it. Because the patients don't yeah. even know. Yeah, they don't yeah. even know. That's, that's what's so sad about it all. And by the way, this is the reason why other experts are saying that the VAERS reporting system is actually recording or reporting only between 1% and 10% of the actual negative responses from the shots or supposed vaccines. In other words, we're looking at a situation that even the system that is supposed to be diagnosing is being protected from diagnosing in order to advance an ulterior motive of control and massive money funding into the uh, coffers of the pharmaceutical companies. Back to Deborah Conrad. Not only do the providers not know, the nurses not know, the patients don't know. It's really, it's really so, sad. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so did, you were saying that 
uh, other hospitals that you know of um, that that they were reporting it. I mean, is your hospital the only hospital that you know of that where they were discouraging um, medical professionals from reporting no, it? I mean, I no, know I have I have a family member who works at another hospital system, and they were not reporting either. And initially, when she brought it up to her leadership, they pretty much did the same thing as me, as they did with me. They kind of told her, no, you know, what, what are you talking about? We don't have to do this. And she, she kind of persisted, and then they did implement a system where the pharmacy... Uh, would be the ones responsible for reporting. So what they did was they sent out an email to their medical staff and said, hey, if you have a patient that you may have concerns about, send that patient's information to the pharmacy. Um, but again, the, the dissonance is so widespread that even with that email, many of the medical staff there didn't see it. They didn't understand what they were supposed to be doing. Because even if they mm -hmm. sent out emails, many times they were vague. They didn't really speak of the importance with which we were supposed to be doing this reporting. Because obviously it's a fine balance between wanting to push out the vaccine and creating hesitancy. So it becomes a, a difficult situation there. Because in April, um, our administration, our, our um, but the Biden administration increased reimbursement for the vaccine. Mm. You mean you know and, to the and, hospital? Did you hear that, my friend? Did you hear what the the uh, physician's assistant just said? That the Biden administration increased the reimbursement for the vaccine. In other words tried to make it more financially desirable for the hospital or doctors to administer the vaccine and to require their patients to get it because they get more money. Are you listening? I think they went from $22 a vaccine to $44. So there was, um, there was you know, financial benefit to uh, in, ah. in, in, in it's called incentive rolled out. So it, it created a very difficult situation in the hospital because obviously, um, you know, the, the, there's all this push to get everybody vaccinated. But then at the same time, if you admit that there may be side effects or problems, you're going to create some people that may want to wait. So I, I can kind of understand, you know, why there was this, uh, what do we do? And again, nobody was given any guidance. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe the hospitals were given guidance by the FDA when they applied to be a vaccine center, but maybe they weren't. But either way, I, to me, when somebody in leadership comes to you about a uh, safety concern, it should be taken seriously and something done about it. It's not like I didn't have you know evidence to support my claims or... The VAERS website is extremely clear on what you should be reporting. It's very clear. It's not open to interpretation. Um, uh -huh. But everybody kind of interpreted it their own way, and nobody enforced it. So, okay, so the hospitals, 
um, have a conflict of interest, basically. I was going to get around, like, why you think the hospital, you know, didn't want you doing this. Um, so they have a conflict of interest because they want to make money by getting more people to get the vaccine. And, um, and so they don't really want to tell people the truth. <laughs> Basically, and I, I, I don't know about any subsidies or other things. Like, I don't know if there was any sort of, um, you know, subsidy where if you got so much of your population vaccinated, there would be a federal subsidy. I don't know that, but it wouldn't surprise me because there were incentives uh-huh. all over the United States. I mean, there were incentives for individuals. You know, they pay off your college loan and do all kinds of things. I, I'm, I'm sure yeah. there was incentives for hospital systems. Um, to get a certain percentage of their em- employees or or county vaccinated, I'm sure of it. Um, so yes, there's an absolute mm-hmm. conflict of interest there. Just like there's a conflict of interest between um, the CDC and these hospital systems. So when you sign up to be a vaccine center, a place that's going to imp- you know give out the vaccine, you sign a contract with the CDC that you will report side effects to. Theirs. But the only mm-hmm. entity that can enforce that reporting is the entity with which you sign the contract. So the CDC mm-hmm. must enforce reporting. Nobody else can do it, which, again, is a conflict of interest. Right. It's, a, it's a real mess. It is. It's a real mess. Huh. And again, you would think that if you're going to roll out a vaccine under an EUA, on the population, the entire population, you know, without, I mean, except for the kids, a population that was not represented in the trial, wouldn't you want to first assure you had a safety mechanism in place to catch early potential side effects? You could investigate it further. I mean, you would think that'd be the first thing they would do before implementing them on the population. Make sure you have yes. a safety net. But that's not what happens. Yes. Um, it's not what happens. Unless there, unless there are other, uh, <laughs> other reasons for it. <laughs> and, you know, sure. so you wouldn't care about it. They're called ulterior motives. Not just conflicts of interest. Ulterior motives, friends. And that's the problem. That's the greater problem. Yes. It's causing severe problems to many, many, many people. And now the Biden administration is mandating that these vaccines be rolled out to our children. It is a full court press now to approve the vaccines or shots to our children ages 5 to 11 or 12. Why? when they don't suffer hardly at all. What is the motivation here? With tears in my eyes, friends, I tell you again, the motivation is not your health. It's not the national health. It is global control. When John Kerry... John Bi- uh, uh, Biden's environmental czar, former presidential candidate for the, for the United States, former Secretary of State, declared that the election of Joe Biden 
opened the door now to the Great Reset. What was he talking about? He was talking about the very vision that these godless, power-hungry, control-hungry globalists have to reset the entire world, not just economy, but the entire world operating system, including controlling all health care, to controlling all of your choices concerning whether you live or die. You think I'm uh, exaggerating here. I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you where this is going. That's why they feel it's so necessary to impose absolute control, and they're doing it gradually, even paying off people to advance the cause. It's more than a conflict of interest. It's even more than a stealth effort to gain total governmental control over your life. It is actually setting the stage for the most nefarious, dangerous, global event ever in the history of mankind. The rebirth of the ancient Tower of Babel and the resurrection of the ancient Roman Empire altogether to move in a, shall we say, coming together to form a global government, a new world order that will ultimately be ruled by a counterfeit Christ figure called the Antichrist. That's where it is going. This is not conspiracy theory, friends. This is the real deal, and that's why we're talking about it here on Viewpoint. Get a copy of my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. By the way, I don't make any money on these books. Believe it or not, I don't make any money on these books. There's no conflict of interest here. It's about getting a message to you for your ultimate benefit. $22 will put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries. If you're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, become a partner, friends. This is serious stuff. It's time to take things seriously for a change. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 